builds a house in New Orleans. They call the rising sun, and it's been the ruin of many a poor boy. And God, I know I'm one. You don't tune in to Looking Closer with Jeffrey Overstreet to listen to me sing. I'm convinced of that, and that shows you are wise and discerning. Uh, But I am singing it because it's on my mind. It's been on my mind for a while since I saw Education, the fifth short film in the series Small Acts by director Steve McQueen. It's now streaming on Amazon Prime. Hopefully you've seen it. If not, prioritize it. It is an extraordinary series of short films, most of them about an hour long. Education is the one that is meant to be seen last in the series, although you certainly don't have to watch them that way, but it makes a lot of sense as the last one. In the first four films, we are told true stories about the experiences of black people in England in the 1970s, and they are harrowing stories of protest against prejudice, of hatred run rampant, of betrayals of the legal system, corrupt judges, corrupt police forces. The series ends with this close-up of a 12-year-old boy named Kingsley, who is taken out of his school because he is apparently disruptive and scoring poorly on tests. The headmaster of the school comes to Kingsley's mother and says, I am a messenger of good news, and announces that they will be sending Kingsley to a special school uh, where he has to take a long bus ride. And... um, When he gets to the school, he finds out that he is there with other children that the school system really just didn't want to deal with. And how is it special? Well, the teachers certainly aren't. Sometimes they don't even show up to class. And one day, one of the teachers, in a fit of self-absorption or denial or distraction, sits at the front of the class and sings House of the Rising Sun for a very long time, while the bored alienated, frustrated students either watch or just stare at the ceiling. It's ironic when you hear the lyrics of the song how they might be describing the loneliness and the ruin of this boy who has just been cast aside by society. Eventually, a former politician will come to the home and tell Kingsley's mother what's really going on. This is a school that has been set up for quote-unquote educationally subnormal children. Kingsley is being treated like a freak, like someone who doesn't deserve real schooling. And this will, of course, set him on a path for a miserable life, unqualified to take most any job. But we care about this boy. It reminds me of the movie moonlight in some ways, in that the child at the center doesn't know who he is because he hasn't had that vote of confidence. He hasn't been surrounded by support. He hasn't been treated as a person of value. 
how can he know who he is? How can he know what he wants when he doesn't seem to see that anything is really possible for him? He struggles to read, and if his parents only knew how little schooling, how little actual teaching was going on in his classrooms, it would be humiliating for him and devastating for them. So this story follows the efforts of this woman named Lydia to reach out to these families whose children are being abandoned, neglected, mistreated, and disrespected, to try to help them rise up and claim what was promised to them when they came to England. Early in the movie, we see Kingsley in a planetarium, staring up into the cosmos in amazement. The curiosity in his face gives you the inklings of what he might become if he was enabled to pursue that curiosity and given the confidence that he might actually be able to do something with it in his life. But it also underlines the fact that he is of value and that he belongs in this solar system, in this galaxy, as much as anyone. As I watched education, I was educated by its very straightforward storytelling. It has a few poetic flourishes, but like the rest of the series, it's almost didactic in the way it spells out uh, what happened during this part of history and what, it, what the storytellers value and what we are to learn. In this case, I don't mind that too much. I, I tend to cringe at preachy storytelling, but as Flannery O'Connor has said, uh, when, you're, when you're speaking to a deaf culture, you have to shout. And we're seeing a lot of deafness in the world right now when it comes to the reality of systemic racism. Steve McQueen is a small axe. Each one of these films he's made is a small axe chopping at the roots of this great and toxic tree of systemic racism, the branches of which spread in all directions and blot out the light for so many people. By telling this small truth, a very personal truth, this story I'm told is closer to autobiographical than any of the four film, any of the five films for him. Uh, in telling this story, he is exposing the ugly truth of Britain's own history in their relationship with immigrants that they invited, immigrants they um, reached out to with a sense of promise. But when I watch this movie, I have very little memory of the 70s. I wasn't aware that these things were going on in the world. I was not concerned with people of other cultures. Well, embarrassingly, I rarely saw people of other cultures or people of other colors, for that matter. When I watch this movie, though, where it takes hold of my heart is in that classroom scene where the children have expressions of alienation, disinterest, boredom, and I have to admit, I recognize those faces. As a teacher, I feel convicted watching this film that while I have been placed in a position of authority, I need to use that position not to inflict my views on them or turn it into a stage where I am performing for an audience, but I need to turn things around and make these classes, these classrooms, these occasions into opportunities to get to know them, to help them find their voice, to learn the truth of the world from their experience, 
and then do everything I can to take what I know and reshape it into tools they can use to become who they can become if they are loved, if they are respected, if they are treated like the children of God that they are. I don't want to stand up front and sing my favorite songs and pat myself on the back when I go home and say, I have given the students what is best. As a teacher, I have this rare opportunity to be that, perhaps, that one voice in their life that assures them of their value, that one set of ears that is attentive to what they really need to say, to the truth they have been discouraged from sharing. I need to leave that classroom or close that class at the end of the school year without any doubt that I have done my best to make sure that they come away remembering that classroom as a place that gave them confidence, hope, and the tools to make a difference in the larger world. At the end of education, there are uh, hints at what is coming uh, in the late 70s and 80s for this community, and it is a dire uh, foreboding that we feel. At the same time, we do see that Kingsley is loved, that the community, horrified by how they have been betrayed, are rallying around him, investing in him, and doing what is best for him. And I find that inspiring. So that when we see Kingsley begin to read in that very simple act, <laughs> with that very small axe, we begin to see that maybe he can make his mark in the world. Maybe he can speak his truth after all. Be sure to check out Education and all five of the Small Axe movies. There are two other films in the series that I actually think are greater works of art than Education. And that's high praise because Education, while it's a very short film, is a very powerful film. This is Looking Closer. I'm Jeffrey Overstreet. Thank you for listening. You can find more than two decades worth of writing on the arts, especially movies, at lookingcloser.org. You can follow me at facebook.com slash lookingcloser, and I'm on Twitter as Overstreet. Original music for this episode comes from Todd Fatal, a friend of mine since early childhood, and half of the band, Agents of Future. Look them up at agentsoffuture.bandcamp.com. If you have any questions about what you've heard, or if you'd like to support this podcast or the website Looking Closer, email me at overstreetlookingcloser at gmail.com. That's overstreetlookingcloser at gmail.com. There will be another cutaway episode coming up soon, but until then, keep looking closer, and I would love to hear what you see.